Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. up everybody welcome into another episode of the college chaos podcast garrett ross jack mckenzie here with you and as always we greatly appreciate you when you tune in whether it's live or going back on spotify apple wherever you get it youtube like subscribe make sure you do all that and we want to say thank you to y'all we we asked that the as we were heading into the start of the season uh the goal was to get the channel up over twelve thousand subscribers and y'all delivered and we are greatly appreciative of that uh, so before we get off going with that, I definitely wanted to give a shout out to the peeps because without y'all, there's no show, there's no channel, and we greatly appreciate y'all. Jack. Yeah. Bro, we had a hell of a weekend in college football. Um, it didn't feel like necessarily as much fun as last weekend for me personally. Why is that? Why is that? Let's, let's, get, the, let's get to the jump on that. Maybe it's because my team lost and my rivals teams didn't lose in the same fashion that's fair the you schadenfreude know, is strong in me you know i i thought though <laughs> you not would, as strong this weekend frankly. <laughs> i thought you would be a little more optimistic like i knew i, I, I knew I, your I do, college would let you down i do feel more optimistic i just felt like there was more chaos last weekend and i know i like make some crappy joke about this every every freaking week yeah. at this point but like I named this show for a reason. Exactly. I'm glad you let me name yes. it. But like, I mean, you got to ride with the chaos. I love the chaos. You got to ride with the chaos. It's always fun. Um, I think there was some definitely some chaos across the nation this week. Um, at at Tuscaloosa, there was some chaos. If you're a Bama fan, um, I think if you look at some of the other games across the nation, there was as well. But I, I, that's where I really want to start. So today, I figured we could talk about some Texas, Oklahoma, and look at the SEC because. I figure like the SEC is in a weird position, especially on the West, to where your dominance you had for the past decade plus is starting to dwindle a little bit. And I've really enjoyed it. Like I and I'm an SEC fan, but at the same time, like it gets nauseating and it's just the same stuff over and over. And we're to a point now, man, with the transfer portal where it is leveling the playing field for everybody. Uh, I think it's awesome to see programs like Colorado be resurrected overnight, essentially. Um, and it's not, I know it's not everybody's on the same taking advantage of it, but it seems like more programs are able to get on par and reload quicker, which is making it where these people in the SEC who had these strangleholds aren't able to do that and control these rosters with the depth like they used to. What's par? That's my main question coming out of that. Because, like, when you texted me, I was like, uh, I. I don't think I have the same standard that 
you have for this? Because like when you're talking about losing dominance, uh-huh. I look straight to the top. The word dominance just tells me look straight to the top. That, yeah, I guess and, that's and, essentially what I want to start it, with. Yeah, it feels like well, hey, look, Bama doesn't look the same as they have. LSU got smacked, bro. They got by Florida checked, State, dude. Yeah, A and M. I don't even know why I'm mentioning this. We're talking about the good teams. Um, <laughs> like, I think my question is like, so is the is the power transferring back to the SEC East or is it really disseminating through college football? Because, uh, yes, it's awesome to see a program like Colorado be able to rise from mm-hmm. the ashes when none of us expected right. it to be this good this quickly. I'm still not sure exactly how good that is. We're going to find out in a couple it's weeks. It's solid. I mean, yeah. TCU is not a crappy team, I don't think. No. So... Like, I, I don't want to downplay that, but when you're talking about the transfer portal, evening stuff out, getting teams up to par quickly, par looks more like, well, you're getting to like Arkansas or Kentucky level. And now where is that level at exactly? Because I don't think those programs are where they at where they were at even two years ago. That's now. fair. I, I And, you know, I so think that, that's, that's kind of what I want to get into when, we, when well, we're talking about like having the SEC having a weak week outside of maybe a team that's not even technically an SEC member yet. Well, no, that's a good point. Well, I think try to try to look at all right, let's just look at this past weekend and from that standpoint where all you got to do is go to the Nolia, right? You look at Ole Miss coming in, uh go they actually go to Tulane and play, which I love that, like go on campus and that's another thing. Like yes. you're starting to see the SEC finally venture out in non-con and get the hell away from your campuses or these neutral site stadiums and go play, which I think is something that has Kind of been to their benefit and because you're not having to go into these environments. What, what are the other games that they did that for? I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Ole Miss is the only one that comes to mind this week. Well, I mean, if you look at last week, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm just using that one as an example this week. But if you go back, Florida went to Utah finally. Like you finally got yeah. the hell out of the state. You went to Utah and you got beat. You're right. Um, That's one I forgot. Uh, yeah, I think there was uh, a couple of others. I'm drawing a blank on. Uh, but yeah, you're starting Auburn. Auburn headed out to Cal. Yeah, you know, and right, Auburn right. got the okay. win. But you're, that's something we wouldn't see. You I, only know? Lo- I only looked at the score line, not the location on that. Because oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't care where you are. Yeah, you only beat Cal by four. See, and that's that's what I'm talking about, dude. Like that's, that's what I was getting at when I was like, hey, let's talk about the weak SEC. Yeah, like they they like, dude. That's what I was seeing. Okay, so like a firm example is this Tulane and Ole Miss game, right? Like you had in there and two lanes without Michael Pratt. So you have a backup quarterback, and I'm going to tell you, watching that game, I was so impressed with that cat, and my immediately, as uh, the night unfolded and Texas and uh, Alabama are playing, and I'm looking at the just god-awful performance out of their quarterback room, I'm like, you know what? We're in a position right now where Alabama would gladly take two lanes back up to be their starter. Yeah. It would probably look a hell of a lot better. So it's little things like that that I'm talking about, like the transfer portal has created more of this um, balanced playing field, per se. And I, I just I think it's spreading out the talent. You're not able to put these strangleholds on these rosters like you used to be able to and just stockpile talent. Now they're leaving your roster. They're going closer to home, making some money with the NIL. I just feel like there's a perfect storm for this uh, current landscape of college football. I'm with you. I'm with you. Maybe pump the brakes on Kai Horton, the Tulane quarterback, should be at Bama because... Look, I'm talking, maybe not, I'm talking about that performance those days. Yeah. He, he was 15 for 37. What was Jalen Milrow? Because he couldn't throw the damn ball to save his life. Let me go pull it up real quick. Oh, and man. Look, and that's another thing, okay? 14 for 27. Not much better. Significantly better. But that's not that much better. 
He had one fewer completion and <laughs> 10 fewer incompletions. <laughs> okay. All right. You get me on that one. But now Alabama didn't seem like they could pass protect against an admittedly great Texas O line. Oh, dude, they were freaking loaded. Like, man was running for his life all day. And that's when he wasn't running because they had to have him run because their offense couldn't do crap in the passing no. game. Well, they couldn't get the run game established either. Texas completely took that away. I think Jace McClellan was coming out with, you know, being from Texas and having yards. an opportunity. Huh? 45 yards. I know, but he was like running hard. And then Texas was like, that's cute. Um, you're not doing that today. Yeah, exactly. You were Only not 45 doing yards. I wasn't us. saying 45 yards like that's good. No, not at all. Um, but dude, like I, I kept thinking and watching Jalen Milrow against Texas and was like, how bad must Tyler Buckner be? Like you brought him over. Uh, he was with Tommy Reese at Notre Dame and we know, I mean, he was just not that good. But when you go over there and Jalen Milrow can't throw the ball and you can't get on the field, like that's glaring. That, go, you can answer, and I got something to follow up with that. You can see it in my face. I yeah. was about to have a go little ahead. Okay. I think they're two very different QBs. One is clearly a run dual threat kind of quarterback that probably gives you a better chance to win versus one who should have been the system passer quarterback. Yeah. Clearly, one gives you a better chance to win. Definitely. Saban would not go with a guy who doesn't. It's just, it is an indictment of the guy who already has had time in the offense with mm. the coordinator. I don't know if it's the exact same offense, but you've, you've had time with the coordinator you, you already. You should know it. You should be you pretty should comfortable. Like, you should be fairly comfortable. You've had college playing experience. This other guy hasn't. Yeah. Like, the fact that he lost that battle, it's it's pretty damning of, of his skill level compared to his competition. It really is. And it's damning of Alabama as a whole that he was in that competition. Okay. And I'm glad you said that because I feel like after watching two weeks of football um, and seeing the way Florida and Alabama, the, the current state of those two programs at the quarterback position, you remember coming into the season, we kept hearing about these two, the, this program. It was, it was always a major program offered Drake May all the money to come, and he stayed at North Carolina. After two weeks, I am pretty damn positive it had to have been Alabama and or Florida or both. And if they didn't, it is negligent on both of their parts. I mean, there there's at least one more SEC school I could pick out and be like, yeah, I'd be willing to bet. Who is it? Because I'm pretty. A&M. Oh, definitely. Well, no, 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 no. I don't no, care how no. solid Wagman looks. A&M has money and they were willing to throw it around. I, I, I think A&M. I think AM likes Wagman a lot. They like him, but he's not the difference maker he's that not, Drake he's, May could be. He's not, but I think that's a different situation where Jimbo is already in his feelings with his pride about getting the play calls taken away from him, and he's supposed to be a quarterback guru. And when you look at like how they have approached development and how they have approached like even the quarterbacks, like Max Johnson, I understand you're bringing him over in the portal, but that's mainly because his brother is your tight end. Um but I think that's more, and Haynes King flared out like that was just a Let's did not, not get work. too deep in the no. A &M. But I just feel like no. What I'm saying is I feel like that was a prideful thing for them. Where Jimbo, I don't see would get involved. I think he wants to say like, okay, you stolen my you stolen my ability to call plays. At least let me try to prove I could develop a quarterback that I've recruited. That's why I wouldn't put them in the mix. I I, I really feel like it would be there's more no, so. Bama there's no way Jimbo Florida. puts it like that. Like I hear you. Yeah. There's no way Jimbo puts it like that. Cause that's accepting defeat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <one>. But, <laughs> but yeah, like 
Let's not get too deep into that. It's just just a thought. I yeah, thought it I'd is. Put out it there. is. Um, I'm looking at some of these other scores uh, from the SEC. Arizona taking Mississippi State to overtime. Uh, Mizzou only beating Middle Tennessee State or Middle Tennessee by four points yeah. at home. Um, Eastern Kentucky pushing Kentucky. That like, one, like, I, I don't, I Nick, look, dude, that should never happen, especially Wake when you have Forest a quarterback like Devin Leary. We kind of saw that coming. Miami just making A&M look not good. Yeah. Um, like, Austin P being within 17 of Tennessee. Tennessee has been. What's going on? I, I feel like there's the, the playing field has leveled. Like I said at first, and I feel like a lot of these teams are probably going in there with that that mindset that's been built up in their head that we're just naturally better, and they're getting reality checks that that's not the case no more. Why are we seeing it this year? Like I, I'm I'm truly curious. I don't know why we're seeing it this year. I don't know why that can even happen when the money gap is so huge and only getting bigger. Like these are these are not for the most part, other power five schools. These are schools that a few Pac-12 schools in here that we're looking at that are not like their conference is gone. They're leaving. They're doing mm -hmm. other things next year. So I'm just like sitting here being like, what the sec is, it means more. So when, when this stuff starts going poorly, I'm like, this means more. Right. But yeah, but I, I really do. I think it goes back to like, how many players have hit the portal? Like like thousands, right? You had so many thousands of players hitting the portal and they're needing to find homes. And you're starting to see some of these programs who, like in Texas State's a prime example, right? You have a bunch of programs like Texas State around the nation who are grabbing talent out of the portal that are making what traditionally would be a roster that couldn't compete at all. Um, comfortable enough to make people like these big time programs nervous or push them further than the expected. And I feel like it's a mindset where you naturally see the uniforms or you naturally see these programs and think you're automatically a dub stepping on the field with them. And the parity that has been drawn, while it might not be complete and on level player for player on the depth chart, it's enough to scare the hell out of you. And I think it's starting to carry over and we're going to see more just more of this happening. I, I, that's the crazy thing, though, with the money. You bring up a good point because you're supposed to be able to use that money to buy these players. Or what I know like, technically you're not like supposed to. Compared to five years ago, this should seem even more. Yeah, it should be in favor, if not impossible. No, you're right. So, like, I don't know what to pin it on. I just I feel the need to react to yeah. this, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to take another look, like a maybe a bit deeper at Alabama, Texas. Okay. Because I know yes. you watched the hell out of that I game. I did. Everyone in the nation probably watched the hell out of that game. What were your main takeaways? Uh, my main takeaways are... Like we already touched on the Texas D-line. We already touched on Milro. Quinn Ewers... I've I, All right. Quinn Ewers is so weird watching this cat play because, like, the tout... Like, we knew how good he was... Um, but I think like the expectations exceeded the reality of development, especially for a guy who sat out his senior year of high school. And I think that once, and plus he, he moved around, right? Like you go to Ohio state and you bounce over. It's, it's a matter of maturing. I think it's a matter of getting in the scheme, learning everything, changing the way he approached the game. Like, I feel like he had a chip of this edge to himself where 
he naturally thought he was better. Like he bought into the hype and realized that that's not going to translate at this level. I have to actually put in the work, man. And he's a totally different player. And you got to outwork the hype. Yeah, you got to outwork the hype. And I think that in general, I think that's one of the biggest differences with this Texas team than what we've seen in quite some time. Like all of those dudes don't buy into the hype. Like they know like, cool, that's there. That comes with this. But they're not letting it get to their head. We're like when Bama went up late in that game, and they swung the momentum. They took the lead. Not, I guarantee you, a Texas team last year or the past decade would have folded. Okay, Quinn Ewers comes out. It's rocking in Bryant Denny, and he is the most calm and collected player. Like, dude, I haven't seen a person like that in that situation since Joe Burrow went in there. Like, it was just ice in my veins. I'm not. I don't care. I know I'm better than you. I'm the best quarterback on this field, and he took advantage of it. While he still didn't have a game like – I think if you go back and watch that, there's not a real Heisman moment. That's the weird thing with him. Like, he doesn't do anything flashy. It's just so efficient, man. And it's like you can't really gauge how good it is because it looks so effortless to him at times. Um, that really stood out to me. I think um, Xavier Worthy is still probably the most confusing damn wide receiver in the nation to me. Because yeah. he is so talented, he's so ridiculously good, but he will drop the most simple passes, and you're like, dude, how the hell, what are you doing? And then he'll go and make a catch, like he did on that bomb where it's, like he's, the angle he's having to look at. That draw, over the head one, man. Like, that dude, was... are you kidding me? How do you, like, you can make that, but you're going to drop a ball five feet in front of you? Like, I, yeah. I don't it's understand that. It's I know. Your, like, like, That's like what confuses after, after me, this many years of seeing him, Play college. It's like I don't. I still don't understand it. I just know that is him. I just, that but is it's him. Frustrating. Quick screen drops half of them. Yes. Toughest catch you've ever seen. And it's just no church doubt. It's it's insane, man. Like, I mean, props to him. He can make those. And like the stuff he should be able to catch. Like it should be simple enough to clean up. I know. I thought he would clean it up by now. <laughs> it's it's got to be like I would love to sit with like. Text like inside with Texas people and be like, what are you like? How frustrating is it to watch this kid play yeah. at tops? I do real quick want to touch on OU because yeah. like they are also joining the SEC. They yep. also look to be in a better place than they were last year. Yes. They haven't proven themselves like Texas just did. And I do want to get back to the overall mm -hmm. vibe of those no. two and the SEC. But thoughts on OU SMU? Um, I, I think that. I'm not surprised how close this game was, honestly. You're not? I'm really not because, and I alluded to this last week, and I know you totally disagreed with me, and that's perfectly fine, and you're probably about to as well. I Where's really the fun and not? I know. <laughs> I, I really think the SMU getting confirmation on the invite, and I know everything's the I's got to be dotted They're and T's. They're in, okay? I think that gave them a resurgence of energy in that program they haven't had since the 80s. And I think they used the opportunity to know, hey, we're playing an SEC team next, essentially looking forward at Oklahoma, a team who has traditionally owned this rivalry. And I think they gave them everything they could. And I think Oklahoma probably wasn't expecting that. And I think you're going to see – and I'm really intrigued this week when you see the Iron Skillet, how SMU and TCU – like that is going to be probably one of the best games in the nation this week that probably gets overlooked for – of course, yeah. but I'm not surprised how, how well SMU played. I am kind of surprised how 
their defense held Oklahoma's high-flying offense in check. Like, I didn't have an opportunity to watch. I'm not going to sit here and go play-by-play, but just observations. Those are some things that I took away. I'm not surprised they kept it close, um, but I am surprised at how well their defense kept Oklahoma's offense in check, especially after we've seen how they've been humming this year. Yeah, I I was very surprised by how much Oklahoma's offense didn't produce against SMU. Right. Like, frankly, I – and this might be poor scouting by me, just not watching enough SMU, but I don't expect their defense to be stopping high-powered attacks. I expect them to win every game by outscoring the opponent. I Like – yeah, you know what I mean. No, by yeah, that. absolutely. Obviously, that is the definition of how you win. But like, no, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So it it was surprising to me that they only had what was it, 14 at the half and mm-hmm. 28 total. Yeah. Like that was enough. They got the job done. And Venable's defense is coming along. Like they got the they got the ball thrown on them a good little bit. Uh, if I go back and check the stats, give me one second here. But the SMU quarterback seemed like he had. Decent he's good. Night. Preston Stone's good, dude. Yeah, two fifty, one touchdown, one interception. Like, that's not a bad night. Twenty six for forty five. That's honestly what you would expect in a competitive but ultimately lost kind yeah. of game against a better team. So, I think Venable's defense is at a bend but don't break area right now. At least against this kind of competition, I think that will serve them decently well in Big Twelve play. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that see them in Arlington? I don't know, but I think they're. You see them taking the steps that they need to take. If the recruiting can match, I think they'll be in a fine spot heading into the SEC. And the recruiting, I'm not worried about the recruiting. Like, I, when you see players, like, he's been able to get Kip Lewis, Peyton Bowen. Like, I mean, he's got some dudes over there. And that's you're always going to get that at Oklahoma. I'm not worried about the defensive recruiting yeah. for Oklahoma because Venables at right. Oklahoma. I'm worried about offensive. Are they going? Are they going to find the guys that fit the system? and are just dudes are they going to go get the skill guys who like doesn't matter if they fit the system they're just dudes they're i think they will i think it's going to be more of a um uphill battle than what tech because like i feel like well obviously sark's ahead of venables yes he's got the, the time period there uh i think oklahoma will be able to match that um i think oklahoma ultimately will be fine but looking back at this, like the defense and seeing how the the progression of it, this is what you expect, right? Like you expect a Brent Venables coach defense with the type of talent that Oklahoma has to keep scores low. Uh, I was really impressed with Danny Stutzman. I think he balled out. He had over 20-something tackles. And the funny thing to that was after the game, I was on Twitter, like he had one of the – he was like the uh, one of the best performances of his career and his car gets towed. This is like, dude, what the oh, hell man. kind of stuff is that? That yeah. was just one of the funny moments. So, um, go ahead. If you don't mind, I'd like to kind of wrap up this segment with a with a little bow. Mm-hmm. After this weekend, how are you feeling about Texas and OU entering the SEC next year? I feel like we have a lot more clarity when when one of those teams takes down Bama. Uh-huh. I feel like we have a lot more clarity on the situation. Uh, I feel perfectly comfortable with Texas. I think they have the dudes. I think they have the depth, and they're going to continue to get the depth. Like, dude, you're just not telling how many five stars and four stars they're about to land just off of that win. I I feel perfectly comfortable with Texas going in, especially after we talked about how the SEC is starting to, you know, I I think that's going to, they're going to be fine. I think Oklahoma will have more of a transition year, year one, especially when you have like Bama coming to. Norman, you know, and that's a great opportunity for them, you know. Uh, but I think after about three years in the SEC, two or three years, 
yeah, Oklahoma's going to be cool. Yeah. After this week, now maybe this is just some recency bias with the SEC in this week, but I'm feeling like they're exactly where you'd they're expect better than them A&M. to be. You'd exactly, they're exactly where you'd expect them to be, which is like they're in that not necessarily national title contenders kind of area, but they're, they're in that next group. Yep. And looks like Bama's struggling to stay with that national title contender group. LSU isn't there this year, but you know, every five years they're going to have at least one team that's there. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee will be interesting. It, it feels like Texas and OU are either at or slightly above that Tennessee level right now. I would agree with that. Where we're at right which, now in the season. Which is yeah. a hell of a lot better. Not hell of a lot might be a bit much, but like I probably would have had Tennessee as in a better state of a program right now, like heading into the yeah. year than those two. But Texas has clearly blown past that. Oklahoma, they've just been more consistently good yeah. over the last like two decades. Yeah. I, I I struggle to put Tennessee over them now that I like I feel like Venables has them on the right track. Mm-hmm. If Venable still felt listless, I'd be a little more concerned. But. I also think, dude, like it, it ultimately at the end of the day, it comes down to dudes in the trenches and quarterbacks. And Oklahoma, Jackson Arnold is going to be that dude. And I feel very comfortable with his ability to go into the SEC and make a name for himself as one of the best quarterbacks in that league. I think having that key position in place is going to be crucial as they continue to build around him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Anyway, there was plenty else that happened this weekend. Baylor, Utah, crazy finish. Texas Tech, Oregon, crazy game. There's a lot to dive into here in the next segment. So, Garrett, please take us out so I can get over to the producer desk. Yeah, says Jack is making his way over to take us out. We're going to transition from Texas, Oklahoma on their way out to the SEC and looking at that to the teams who are going to remain in the Big 12 and carry the torch for the league going forward. Uh, And where do they stack up with the rest of the nation? We're going to get into that next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you. And kind of looking back over the weekend, it was another great, glorious weekend of college football, which is the greatest time of the year, in my opinion. I have – I, dude, I love college Whoa, football. Hold, what, what, hold what's up, your favorite? What, what's – The madness, baby. March. Man, nah. Which is really like, in I, April. Dude, I've, I've gotten to the point where, like, I really do not like basketball. That first weekend, Thursday through through like, Sunday, cool. that is second Christmas for me. It's cool, but you know, like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with some college football. Definitely second number one. Christmas, Garrett. Oh, man, I, I hate that for you. I really do. I gotta ride with college football. It's, I just uh, basketball is. Yeah, yeah, no, I get you, right. dude. It's college football is right. great. Don't get me wrong. It really is. Col- college sports, those two, a number one best ever. Definitely, definitely. So, looking at the Big Twelve. Um, which game do you want to start with? Yeah, okay. I guess let's start with the one we both saw. And I'm going to keep this real short. Let's just let's just keep this short. Oh, God. All right, Baylor and Utah. Um, Baylor looked a lot better. The, the, Baylor did look significantly better uh, than Texas State, which is really all you can ask for. Um, Ooh, don't don't tell that to some people. It Look, dude, I just – it they're, they're – this is what I expected. I don't know what else to say. I tr- this is exactly who the hell I thought they were. I, I'm not surprised. When we when we were pre- uh, looking ahead of the season, I thought they would beat Texas State. I thought they would beat Long Island, and they would beat two and three heading into Tech. Remember we talked about, like, I'm. this is the least surprising thing in the world to me. 
Um, they have got to get some playmakers. I don't know how the hell Richard Reese isn't touching the ball. I understand the offensive line. Like you've got to block. Um, your defense has got to step up. You've got to create some turnovers. Bryson, like the quarterback from Utah was so bad. He was literally one-dimensional, and I I can't fathom what happened. You're only scoring 13 points. Like, it is bad. It is bad football right now, all the way around for Baylor. That's where I'm at. Okay, I'm stuck here right now because, one, I didn't know which direction you were going. I, know. I don't know which direction anyone on, the, I don't think on the message knows. boards of the website that, that we both work for are going because I'm hearing people who are talking out of both sides of their mouth. They're being like, we were so bad, but also Utah was terrible. And like, yes, both can be true, but Jesus, like, are you mad that we were in a close game and couldn't finish it? Or are you mad that we're crap and utter crap? Because I don't think those two are compatible. We can't be in the game and still be utter crap. This is still a team that is one of the better defenses in the nation. In the nation. Who? Utah. Utah. Okay, fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about I was like, I was like, oh God, don't do this. Oh, my heart, my heart's Dude, come up on, a little use bit, some bro. Common sense. Oh, oh, thank God. Yes. Utah is one of the better defenses in the nation. So what if their offense is crap? Like putting up 13 when you really should have put up more, like you need to execute better. But again, the competition level you're playing against. If Shapin starts that game, Baylor puts up at least 20. At least 20. And if Cam Risen starts, Utah puts up about 50. No. Yeah. 38. Okay. There we go. I'll take your cold 38. I will take your cold 38 and ride with that. That's fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm not under That's any fair. craziness about that. <laughs> no, but I'm not talking about the matchup of Utah's offense yes. versus Baylor's defense right yes. now. Like, I'm looking at Baylor's offense versus Utah's defense and being like, why are people acting like the sky is falling? Why are people acting like Grimes is the worst offensive coordinator in the history of the world? His play calling was questionable at times. It always kind of has been. I think it's. I think people are just nauseated with the offense, especially Sawyer now. Is a backup quarterback. I know he like, lost he's, the battle. I don't know why people are holding him to it. the starter standard. Because that's the thing. Because they wanted him he to be. He chucked the game away on two throws. Yes. Let's be real. Yes. Especially the second one. Yes. The second one. Cost Baylor overtime. Yeah. Like, Baylor had overtime firmly in its grasp. Yes. That was... Uh, and he literally threw it away. Yeah. Good times. Good times like, here in Waco. It, it, it's just like, okay, why am I not seeing, like, people blaming Sawyer for that? I know he's the backup. Be, you but, know why. But the, it's the old backup pressing thing. You know why. Oh, it just comes down to coaching. No. no like, dude you know was why. out there playing ball and made the decision. You know why. Like yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I know. I, know. I, I just <laughs> I, I really don't. I, it's I don't a, it understand is a, the vitriol. Like Baylor fans are clearly a dude, it a is, hurt bunch. It is a, a hurt bunch that doesn't know how to like come together <sighs> and and for, and for good reasons. I'm not I'm not trying to crap yeah. on them for that. It is a I just, weird time. There are so many things being said by so many people, and they're saying all of it. Yeah. Like every individual person is saying all of it it is so it just bro, it's wild times. i don't know where to go with that the pi call let's talk about that real quick before we get to Texas, all right Oregon. The pi call it was pass no. interference it blatantly passed interference at the end of the day i understand not making the call on the last play of the game but i and if you're a baylor fan and you want to say that's bs make the call i completely get where you're coming from 
but I also want you to understand flip the the uniforms and if that was you and they called the also PI pissed. you would be completely pissed and yada 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 you had plenty of opportunities you let the boys play. exactly you had plenty of opportunities in that game to make plays to take advantage of third downs get off the field I don't know capitalize in the damn red zone and not settle for field goals uh you didn't not and so I don't want to hear in the red zone. It. and not getting false starts cool I don't want to hear about one damn pass interference call cool I just wanted to discuss the call and not necessarily the reactions to yeah. it but but there's, I've just, yeah. Don't watch it in slow mo exactly. because, like, full speed, that's PI all day, every day of the week. The refs were watching in full speed. Exactly. And frankly, one of my friends down on field level heard them as they gathered right after the game, looked up at the scoreboard, and apparently they said, one of them said at least, yeah, that should have been PI. Hey, well, life goes on. Get better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do have to get better and there's no excuse for there, there is frankly no excuse for not at least making overtime against that that team like no. Utah played that fourth poorly. quarter the fourth quarter I was it completely I don't know if this is true but in an article that we just published on second365.com Travis said that on one of the last Utah drives there were multiple plays in a row like those slant patterns they were hitting uh, Baylor was playing with 10 men he said I, w- I, like, I don't know surprised. if he meant like, oh, because of the scheme of this, or like he literally meant there was not 11 guys on the field in green and gold. Bro, I, I, th- I really wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I need to go back and look at that, but I would that wouldn't shock me the least bit. Yeah. Um, some on of the other games. Tech, please. Let's, on to tech. Okay. Because if we're gonna if we're gonna dwell on disappointments, yeah. yeah. Like, I think one of our viewers actually said it in the chat room. Tech 100% beat themselves, right? Tech is good God. Okay. <laughs> go, uh, go, 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 go. I picked Texas Tech to play Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Um, I drank the, the Kool-Aid. I was on the hype train. And after Saturday night, bro, I know you were, and I appreciate it. And that's on me. I should have listened to my boy, like but I didn't. Sh- I should have listened to you more about Baylor. But at the same time, you can't be pumping up and gassing your program up like you're Dion and coming out playing like that because it doesn't equate. Like, that is complete BS. If you want to talk all the trash, you want to bring the hype, you better perform. Uh, Tyler Shuck is not that dude at all, at all, at all. You were completely 1,000% right on him. The turnovers were just god-awful. Every time Texas Tech did anything possible, anything positive, they would bite themselves in the foot. Like It was ridiculous. Um, Oregon played. Oregon is good, but they were very beatable. Like Texas Tech should have won that freaking football game. Um, their defense is not good. They have they their playmakers. They've got to find some damn playmakers. They do not have enough playmakers right now. Um, and the I know everybody loves their atmosphere, and especially Baylor fans. They just would love to have that damn atmosphere at Lubbock. But if I, it is so annoying to me to watch fans and people act the way the Tech fans did at the end of that game. When Shuck threw the pick six, the cat from Oregon goes in the end zone, and then you start seeing beer bottles and shit flying at him. Like, dude, we've got to like be better, be better. Like, have an atmosphere. Don't throw stuff. At, don't do that. That's that just makes you look like trash, in my opinion, personally. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to focus on the fans. No, I'm just saying the whole thing, it, it was a massive collapse in general that carried into the fans, their frustration. And I understand it. When you're paying $50,000 in offensive linemen or you're paying all this money and they don't deliver, you're going to see more of this. It's going to bite programs like tech in the ass eventually when 
people think about it. If I'm giving, if I'm a booster and I'm paying you all this money and you're not developing and you're not living up to the hype, people are going to start. We're going to see yeah. some of that. I, this is why I was so concerned about their hype train, like for them during the off season, because you don't hype it up quite that much. Like there's, there's building the hype, get yeah. to help you help yourself on the recruiting trail, help get fans in the stands. But like when you overhype it, when you overplay that hand, stuff's going to start crashing down. Yep. It's going to, it's going to be like you promised this and that, even though you didn't, you were just kind of like riding away. Yeah. And then people are like, it makes you look like, and I'm not calling anyone specifically this. I'm not calling anyone at tech a liar, but like it makes you come across like a liar, like a used car salesman, like someone who is just telling you what you want to hear and then not actually going to give you what you want to see. That's fair. And I mean, I had to sit here during the off season and have a couple of people comment about how terrible my Tyler Shuck takes were. I was probably one of them. I was probably one of them. You were on our videos commentating that? Uh, no. You're mean. <laughs> I, I got no, a burner like, like Emory. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, honestly, this performance reminded me of when he came into the Baylor game last year, ice cold, having barely played all year, that, and threw a pick six. No, see, that, that was what made me nervous about Tech. I believe we were – I think I was talking with Paul about it. was like you had all of the, the excitement, right? You had – what was it? You had Phil Knight there with Nike. You had like the Under Armour people, Adidas. There was like this whole big thing. And where last, you had, last year it was Mahomes exactly. night. Exactly. That's what maybe it's like. I watched them. I watched a bad Baylor team go in there and embarrass them with Patrick Mahomes in the house. And it, it made me so nervous for this week because I, I just could see it unfolding again. Like you have all the expectations. Everybody's there and you just don't live up to it. You just lay an egg. And I was ex- I'm not surprised at all that that happened. It sucked. It was Texas. It was Tex there for the taking. It was a complete failure on their part. Like, it's well, this is the first time, I, be, I believe it was on Twitter I saw, first time since 1990 or 1992 that Tex started 0-2. Damn. Like, this is not that, this is not okay. <laughs> for, for the expectations, the standards, yes. what you're trying to build, it's not okay. Given the competition they've played these first two weeks, because yes. I'm not going to sit here and crap on Wyoming. Like They're a it's good been team, solid competition. Usually you'll pl- you'll have played like an absolute cupcake yeah. in one of the first two weeks. So I'm not reading into the 0 and two too much because honestly, this team frankly looks better than they did last year. Tech, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there's there's flashes of it. Like you can see it. Like it's, that's the thing. It's. I was I probably got way ahead. I know I got way ahead of this. Like maybe it's something you're building and it's gonna take a few years to finally see it. Like this because there are flashes, but at the same time, the way you're gassing it up, like you just just dial stay off of Twitter for about a week and go play a football game. And, and then maybe, you know, let, let's it's just like some people you need to like put in timeout. Let's let's put the Texas Tech social media people a timeout for a week. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, maybe this maybe this is like wrong. It's just a random thought I just had, so don't don't <laughs> skewer me for it. But the hype tech is trying to like create, maintain, and use it and then the lack of success on the field. Yeah. It is giving me like Texas from the last ten to five years vibes. It's like, yeah, we've got the guys, we've got the environment, we're awesome. We're in we're in Texas, baby. We've got the recruits. Come here, you wanna play here. And then it's just like, but you're not actually that good. Yeah. 
like maintaining now, again, maintaining and putting team it should absolutely go bowling team didn't have to deal with the expectations that like the longhorns ever have have had because right. they're tech um, <laughs> but you you get what i'm saying no, I, I don't want i don't want to dwell on tech yeah, too much no. because there's plenty of other big 12 action to get to but okay, that, one, that's kind of my final word one game i want to there's a couple more i want to touch on but um Houston and Rice. Houston and Rice. I did not watch this game. Neither did um, I. Looks like it would have been a fun one to watch. But there is no reason Houston should be losing to Rice. Okay? I understand JT Daniels is there. He's not that good. He doesn't have playmakers around him. This so was a situation. No, listen, yards. I know. <laughs> this was a, and, and I thought this was – I'm so glad Dana Holgerson said this. He said earlier in the week, you know, I guess it would have been about Wednesday, he could tell that – Rice wanted it more than his program. And he was trying to get that to register to his team. Do you realize that Rice is the only program from the Southwest Conference that's still left out? Yeah. That is insane. And that's personal. Like, I mean, I understand it's not, I know, but it's just, I feel like. insane to me. (laughs) Okay. It's kind of not insane. I I get it. It's kind of absolutely sensible. Maybe you're right. But it's just kind of weird to see how everything unfolds. But. I think using that as fuel, knowing that this was probably the last time you're going to have this Bayou bucket going on, uh, was like you, you, I don't know. Houston can't lose this game. This is just, I don't care. At the end of the day, you're in the Big 12. You're supposed to be building things. I know you're coming off of a, a emotional win, but an emotional win over UTSA, UTSA. while it's a good program, should not hinder you from having an epic letdown against Rice. The following week. Like, come on. It's an epic letdown if the high wasn't all that high. Like, we already knew this Houston team was going to be struggling to even make a bowl game. Like, we, I think everyone pinned them to be pretty low in the conference yes. standings. Non-conference is just telling us they are at least where we expected them to be. At least, if not lower, right? It is. I just... Like you're right, they should not. They they should never lose this game. It's Rice. Yeah, <laughs> it's Rice. I don't it care is. what transfer quarterback you have. Which back to your point about the transfer portal in the first segment. Exactly, it, it's doing some things. But like, dude, you give up a 21 spot in the first quarter. Yeah, you're lucky you could put one up in the in the fourth quarter to catch up. Like, shoot. Yeah, that's uh, that's one that shouldn't be happening. Um, looking at some other games, this is one that I was. I tuned into UCF and Boise every, sporadically throughout the night. Like I had, I had Texas and Bama up on my TV, and I would flip back over to Boise, and I had like the tech game on my phone until my phone died. Um, this is a situation where UCF did not play their best ball game, um, which Boise State's one of those programs you can't sleep on. I think the blue field, like I hate the blue field. It is <laughs> one of the worst damn things. Like I, I cannot watch a game on that blue field. It's terrible. Um, but what UCF did was they took care of business. While it, it wasn't the most pretty win by any means, they went on the road and they did what Texas Tech couldn't do last week uh, and, and defeated a Mountain West opponent. I think their kicker is really good. Um, I think they definitely have some growing pains that they will overcome. Uh, John Rice Plumley got hurt at the end of the game, was not a, the most – he was able to pop right back up and go off the field, but it's one where he's still being evaluated. And that sucks because he's such a fun player. Um, and he's really what makes that team go. 
I don't know what there would look. I don't know what UCF realistically would look like without him. Like, I, I just, I feel like that would be a major step back. Oh yeah. Um, which sucks because I want to see them and I want to see him, you know, be firing all, all cylinders throughout the big 12, but that's something to keep an eye on. But regardless, um, I think they did what they needed to do. They handled business. They went on the road. Uh, I just hope that Plumlee is healthy and coming back this week. But that was one thing I took away from that matchup. Yeah. My number one thing I took away from the matchup is UCF has a damn good kicker. Yeah. Really good kicker. <laughs> like, I mean, that that is something that can't be underrated if they're going to challenge for anything meaningful this year. Um, I don't think they necessarily will. I do have similar concerns about uh, Plumlee yeah. and his health and the step back they would take without him. Right. Um, but overall, I don't have a great read on Boise State, which means I can't get a great read on exactly what this game is. It's like, are they? Is Boise State better than Wyoming? Is it that same kind of? I think travel, about the yeah. like weird environment, blue turf kind of like. How, I think how much stock can you put in the game going down the road? Right. I think it's a good good. It's great that they got out of there with a win. It's great that they found a way to grind it out. Um, the offense definitely needs to take a step up and start getting the ball into the red zone more, yeah. and then finishing from there. But you know what? A win's a win. Don't look gift horse in the mouth because you know that. When it comes time, when UCF rolls into Norman, and the next week when Baylor rolls into Orlando, mm -hmm. into the bounce house, UCF's going to be ready to play those games. Oh, yeah. I expect a loss in Norman, but at this point, I expect them to probably rock Baylor's in Orlando. Uh, that's one, dude, I've I've been expecting. Like, I... But if Plumlee doesn't be play fair, in that you were game... Calling, you, you were calling it a bit of an upset... I was in the offseason. Yeah. Now, now it's a they should win. But I mean, I you know, and I think that really would come down to the health of Plumlee at that point. Hopefully, he's playing and he's healthy because I I don't want to see games like we've been seeing with like okay, I was doing some research looking ahead to this week for Baylor. Like Long Island's going to have a backup quarterback. Like I don't I don't want to see backup quarterbacks. Like every game TCU played last year, they were playing freaking backup quarterbacks because they were hurting people. Like okay. just let's I want to see starters on starters. Uh, so I hope that uh, Plumlee is healthy. A couple other games. I, Go ahead. Real quick on that. I I don't. I want to see guys play football. I'm sorry. The NFL has me at that point. The NFL has me at that point. I want to see guys I hate play the football. NFL. Like I just I hate the NFL. I hate the NFL. But part of it's because my guys can't go sack your quarterback without probably getting fifteen yard flag for playing fucking football. That's a very good I want to see guys play football. And in college, if this is what results from guys playing football, it's what results from guys playing football. And you need to have a better scheme and better development that means your backup quarterback can play closer <laughs> to the level of your starter. No, oh, I'm not. I'm Nick Saban just heard you. Hold on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like at a certain point, it should be scheme. It should be I, I we know. can run the damn ball. It doesn't matter. And running backs are replaceable as hell at every level of football. I know. I just want to see the dudes, so especially in, in, run in, the damn ball. Herb. <laughs> I want to. I want to see the stars. Um, I, I've been really impressed with Cincy. Okay, I think good. This I was is, hoping that would be the game. We're yeah, no. Yeah, I, there's yeah. And one more I want to touch on after this, but um. Cincy, uh, time I know, has been really impressive. Uh, Emory Jones, I think I had no expectation for this cat. Like, for real, like, I, he just was not able to get it going in any of his other stops. And I think that's really um, hats off to Satterfield for being able to finally find the lingo or whatever that gets through to him. And they have maybe it's a scheme. I haven't really been able to watch them this year. Uh, but looking up on it, looking back on this game and, and doing some reading, uh, they were able to control it with their rushing attack. I thought Yurkovich would have been the better quarterback uh, for Pitt. 
Uh, I like Narduzzi as a coach. I like what they're doing there. But, man, Cincinnati is is proven haters wrong because I know a lot of us who cover the Big 12, I, I don't want to speak for everybody. I, I know me personally did not have high expectations for Cincy this year. No, I – and again, it's it's one of those like we're Big Twelve guys. It's going to be a little tougher to know the competition yeah. level. Um, I don't think Pitt was expected to be a bad team this year. No, they're going to be think pretty. They good. are a bad team. Um, I'm impressed by the Bearcats' defense. Yes, like keeping the Pittsburgh attack in check. Looks like they really really managed the game. I mean, they were up 27 to seven at one point, and of course, you probably start playing a little softer defense, a little more more bend don't break a little more soft zone like mm -hmm. just prevent this and that which i hate i am not a fan of that but that i, I can see i again didn't watch the game yeah. sorry a lot a lot of duties every weekend uh got a lot with, going with the on. job we got a lot going on. But, <laughs> um, but just looking at the box score it, it looks like that kind of like since he won by more than six because they like defensively, they kind of let their foot off the gas. Well, they a they, they ran the ball for like two hundred yards and controlled the clock. It it was a stupid amount of uh, time they took off the clock and just kept the ball away from Pitt. So it was a great job of like a, identifying your weakness while playing chess and just taking advantage of it. And if since he can do that more consistently, if their defense can keep them in games and they let their rushing attack de-emphasize Emory Jones' role yeah. in in like as long as he doesn't have to be the guy every week to win them games. Yep. Like he can probably step up here and there, make a play and win them a game that's close. I'm feeling a lot better about Cincinnati than I did. Yeah, like, I think I think everybody should. Which I think is great for that program because that means they're only that much closer to looking like they're maintaining the energy of the playoff right. run without the coach who got them there. No, so that, I think that's great that's a, for them yeah. as they're as they're getting deeper into the Big Twelve. You had one last game you wanted to touch on, right? Yeah. So uh the late Night game, ugly as hell. Oklahoma State beats Arizona State 27 to 15. Uh I, you know, I took Arizona State. I really like the the upside potential there. I'm I'm a and maybe that was just, you know. I wanted to too, honestly. Like, I just don't I, I can't flame yeah. you for that. So and, and look, at the end of the day, my takeaways from this are I do not like when you're, I don't like how Oklahoma State is having to use three quarterbacks. And I understand it's early on in the season and everything, but the old adage, like, if you have more than one, you don't have one. And I think that's a glaring issue right now for Oklahoma State. I don't know necessarily the realistic expectations of them as they head into Big 12 play. Because, um, they like, dude, even after two weeks, schedules. I know, like, and I still can't figure out what the hell this team is. Like, and I don't want to, like, Gundy, if it gets down, like, in a situation where it comes to coaching, I've definitely got a Gundy's got some sort of an advantage there, but I just don't know realistically once conference play starts, their first, what the expectation is for this. Their this first team. three matchups don't look good for them. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. At Iowa State, that's a good defense. And if that's going to be a defensive struggle, I'm expecting Iowa State to win it, yeah. honestly, um, because of the quarterback situation. Like, at least Iowa State has a guy. Yeah. One guy, one, one. <laughs> then you're then you're against Kansas State. Yeah, good luck. Um, and then you're against Kansas, who frankly just should have momentum Kansas as long as they're healthy. Like that'll be an interesting game. But again, I'm taking. You've Kansas. got a guy. Yeah. Like quarterback play is so freaking important in this game. I understand. Like I, I yeah. what am I bit about yeah. about backups <laughs> and all that already? But like. I know where you're. I know where you're coming from. I don't right. necessarily agree, but I know where you're coming from because quarterback play is that important. Yeah, it's just confusing, man. Because they've had so much success there, having quarterbacks traditionally, and and to see how the situations unfolded, and it was so weird because Spencer Sanders was 
the guy Spencer Sanders would still be your starter, and now he's just lost on Ole Miss's depth chart. Which, you know, I'm not a big Spencer Sanders guy, but I don't understand that move at the end of the day. Regardless, yeah, we will see absolutely. what happens with the Pokes this season. Uh, the last segment here, we're going to look back on our picks, uh, some good stuff, some bad stuff, and we'll let you know where we stand. But you're listening to the College Chaos Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you, and we're going to wrap this show up. Looking back on our picks from last week, every week we come out, we do our picks, Big 12 only. We, we try yep. to keep it Big 12 only, Big 12-centric for here, and we greatly appreciate y'all checking out. we've been the conference in the land. That we're in the that, middle of it. That we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it. <laughs> Definitely in the middle of it. Whoa, come on now. Like It's also a lot of fun. No, it really is. It, the Big 12 is a lot of fun. There's a lot of interesting games week in and week out pairings matchups etc mm-hmm. so how do we do last week how, how are we looking jack i know you uh, got i know you got the edge on your personally play. i went 12 and 2 i only missed on uh texas beating bama i had bama and rice beating houston we both had houston yeah in fact we both had bama and we both had houston so yeah the, you know houston yeah. dana let me down again that's dana how it goes you know, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the the Rice logo. Like I love Rice's logo and their band's dope as hell. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, they way to go, Houston. Thanks yeah. for late. So, so what else did I miss? Uh, you also missed Cincy over Pitt. You went with Pitt, and I, I was did. so happy to see you do that because I was like, yeah, we're going Cincy. I did, dude. Like I, I really do. I like Narduzzi, and I like Yurkovic as a coach. I, I like that program. It's fun, but man, hats off to Cincy, dude. They they have it going in the right direction and. I mean, that's all I can really say. I mean, they got and me. And I, I have been informed that uh, it is truly a rivalry. You know how I was like, I'm oh, not Oh, dude, sure. I figured it had to have been. Yeah, me too. I just don't want to be that guy who is like, this rivalry. That, like, and people I see are, this regionality. And, and people are like, the hell are you talking yeah. about? We don't care about each other. No, I thought that but was no, like it's a, a river, that was it's a, a River City rivalry. I've been informed. I've been educated. Don't come for me. <laughs> But That's yeah, great. like I, I was just I was just trying to play it safe. God yeah. Damn. But yeah, otherwise it was uh, Oklahoma State over Arizona State. You took Arizona State. I did. I, I was pretty much like th- this one's for the standings at the end of the year. Like, I, uh, uh, like, took my knees out. OK, I got well, you. No, it was just like, <laughs> you're always happy to go first. Pretty much like if you if you wanted me to pick first, just just tell me hey. on yeah. any given game because I'll make my pick. I was just very happy to to like play the foil to you and take take oklahoma state yeah especially uh, especially in a week where we're like so together that's the thing dude like you know i wanted to change things up like last week was pretty much like chalk right one one of these weeks they're all gonna go your way i know all those random and i'm gonna let you know every freaking moment well right now i've got a four game lead bad boy (laughs) 23 and 5, 19 and 9. Yeah. Um, you know, it was an interesting week. This is a lot of fun. It's uh, one of our most popular segments. We appreciate y'all checking that out. Yeah. Um, Looking ahead to next week, though. Yeah. What we got? What we got? Well, I was going to ask you. I'm trying to pull it up. So right I know now. for <laughs> sure you're going to have TCU and SMU. I think and that's going to be. Here we go. Kansas State at Missouri. That's a win. That's going to be a fun one. Um, no one carries at Baylor, Iowa State at Ohio, Oklahoma at Tulsa, Villanova at UCF, Miami of Ohio at Cincinnati, South Alabama at Oklahoma State, Tarleton State at Texas Tech, BYU at Arkansas. That's going to be one. Uh, Pitt and West Virginia. Another rivalry. That, I know that one's a rivalry. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, that's a backyard brawl, right? That's a backyard brawl. Um, Wyoming at Texas, TCU at Houston. We don't have the skillet. Why did I think it was... 
Maybe it's coming up. I don't know. That's on me. Uh, and then Kansas at Nevada or Nevada. I don't. And really that's know. a lot of chalk next week. It feels like Skillet's week four. Okay. By the way. Okay. Okay. Got my weeks mixed up. Yeah. Anyway, that we have one more chalky week before we get into conference, where the number of games drastically lowers. So, but I want it's going to be that much tougher to pick. So I want your opinion right now. Uh, we did our picks. We're looking ahead at picks. AP poll came out. Yes. Was there anything that Texas jumping up all the way to number four is like? I, I can see it. I just think it's a big jump. But then I look at the teams they passed, and outside of maybe Penn State, I'm like, yeah. I don't have a problem. I, I, I don't have a problem with Texas moving up to I, four. I don't. Honestly, I think I have a problem with the it's seven spots, not with Correct. it being Texas, Correct. and not with who they passed. Correct. I think it's just like, whoa, seven spots is a lot. Yeah, and, and we I'm know trying, how that works. I'm trying works. to make sure it's not the like – Growing up in Texas, not going to Texas, I'm tired of Texas, kind of biased. Like, honestly, I do not think it's it's Texas. I think it's it's seven spots. I, I, and seven th- spots is a lot. That is fair. Um, and, and I think that the people who would love to get on behind you on that argument would probably be USC, but your defense is garbage. Yeah, no. That's what's, no, what's no, no, holding no. you no. back. Um, Colorado up four spots to 18 is interesting. Um, Ole Miss jo- jumping up three when they did not look convincing yeah, against no. Tulane, who dropped out. It's like you're gonna drop the you're gonna drop Tulane out and then tell me Ole Miss is th- is three spots better of it. No, I don't. Like, yeah, Ole Miss. Nah, if you would have moved up one, maybe uh, I could get behind that. Washington State in Wisconsin out. They they That's flipped what, that. Pretty and not, good. you know that was a hell of a game. And I'm you know. Tanner Mordecai is struggling to get his his footing in that offense. I think Wisconsin is going to be fine, especially in the future with the talent they and have UCLA coming in. UCLA is in the twenty four. Are we about to see like a a Pac twelve surge here? In I the would polls? hope so. I, I would really hope so. Like, dude, they they um they are making the most of their final year together. But time will tell. I time will to. definitely tell. But yeah, I just wanted to to look at some of these AP poll things. Georgia. Sits num- uh, number one. You got Michigan number two, Florida State number three, Al- uh, Texas number four. And I, you know, hey, outside looking in, you got USC and Ohio State, but I think it's right on the money right now. I think you have the four overall best teams at the top. Wrap it uh, the bleep up, Garrett. Uh, yeah. All right. So, but that's going to do it for today. I'm sorry. We, we appreciate y'all listening, whatever you do. Make sure you go like and subscribe. Check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. And we'll be back again next week with some more heat for you and our picks later on. But thank you for listening. This has been the College Chaos Podcast.